Hi, Shalom. It's Rabbi Jimmy Golf. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about a national icon and the Torah portion, which actually share something in common this week. And we're going to delve into some of the meaning that we might be considering thinking about ever since the events of the past couple weeks, namely the death of bin Laden and kind of trying to get into the question of what does that actually mean? What might it mean? What could it mean or will it mean? And honestly, this shortly after, this short afterwards, who really knows? You can always email me at ravisinvictor, J-I-M at AOL.com, or I'd love to hear your thoughts in audio. You can call me at 610-624-3441. Shalom. The way we affix meaning is something which always fascinates me. Take, for example, the Liberty Bell, which was successfully rung only a handful of times until it was discovered that maybe, just, just, just maybe, it should not be rung as a bell. It cracked the first time it was rung. You know, those British bell makers just aren't what they used to be, or maybe they saved the good bells for Westminster. And while it was repaired, and Liberty Bell was used for a while to be an official communication device, it reportedly last rung out in either the late 1700s or early 1800s, though this was just the beginning of its journey. Now, when I was growing up, I remember a panel from a Philadelphia newspaper of the Liberty Bell. And appearing in that panel were my father and my Uncle John, his twin brother, who were taken on a visit to see the bell by my step-grandfather, Gade. This was before all the fancy structures you see today, and it seems that the bell was housed in some part of Independence Hall. I, I think at the time you were actually able to go up and touch it. My grandparents proudly displayed this full-page memory of their son's visit to see this historic piece of American history. This bell and our Torah portion share something since the inscription from Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10, appears on the bell, let liberty be proclaimed throughout the land. Something tells me that the original liberty, those who commissioned the bell to proclaim, was that of freedom from British rule. But this was only the first liberty proclaimed by the bell. During the 1700s, the cause of liberty had new meanings attached to it, and the Liberty Bell became the symbol of abolitionists in the United States. The liberty they sought was for the liberty of all people, not to be enslaved by other human beings. Thus, the bell associated with liberty became more valuable as a symbol. And it is this symbolic value that causes us to have this cracked and damaged bell sitting in a very special building here in Philadelphia today. When I think about this bell, an inscription that appears upon it. I wonder how we handle the idea of meaning in our society. In case you missed it, almost two weeks ago, we assassinated Osama bin Laden. Yet it seems that we really don't know what that means to us. It is unlike the situation in World War II 
where there was a general consensus that if we could have killed Hitler, the war would have ended. Maybe I have missed it, but I have not heard a great deal about the end of our war on terror with the death of this murderer. It seems that we are almost being told to be more scared now. Which is ironic because logic would suggest that if you kill the bad guy, you are now safer. How is it that we kill the bad guy and all the threat levels go up and we're even told to be more, more terrified? During World War II, there was a certain rationing of goods in our country in the name of fighting the war. We too have experienced a form of rationing, but the rationing I speak of is in our liberties. Video cameras, special wiretaps, the Patriot Act. We were told they were all necessary in order to fight this war that could be within our country. To this point, the only movement I've been able to detect is that we will no longer have the color-coded system which never really strayed too far from orange. Or, as I like to think of it, DEFCON 4. One of the lessons... One of the lessons that we may be learning in this war on terror is that the surrender of our liberties may not have been the answer to the threats we faced. And returning to the verse from our Torah, let liberty be proclaimed throughout the land, that verse may be more of a struggle than we thought. If curtailing our rights is what is necessary to either make us or proclaim us safer, each of us needs to ask, and consider the question, what would a victory against terrorism actually look like? There's an adage first uttered by the late Douglas MacArthur, General Douglas MacArthur, who said, never get involved in a land war in Asia. Perhaps he is reflecting on his own experience in Korea, and there are several examples where his advice may have served the invading country well. Napoleon Bonaparte, 1812, the Anglo-Afghan War, 1838 to 1842, the Anglo-Afghan War number two, 1878 to 1880, Adolf Hitler's invasion of the Soviet Union, 1941, France's involvement in the in first Indochina War, 1946 to 1954, the United States' involvement in the Vietnam War, 1959 to 1975. Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, 1979, our invasion of Afghanistan, 2001, our invasion of Iraq, 2003. We have declared war not on a country or a leader, but on a tactic of huge symbolic value, but no real definable end to this conflict. Perhaps that was the message of General MacArthur. Don't get involved in something as vast as Asia or as vast as a concept or idea. It will drain you of resources and, as we have seen in this conflict, it could drain the very ideals we say we're fighting for. What meaning is left for us to fight for in this conflict? Or are we fighting in this conflict because we don't necessarily know how to do anything else? Now, as we watch the various people tell us the meaning contained in the death of bin Laden, it seems that there's a new game afoot, 
a game based, best described as who can attach the best meaning with the best soundbite. If this is victory, we should be scared as citizens. For anyone who would dare to predict the future is really basically playing God. True, there are possibilities of what might happen in the aftermath of the events over the past two weeks. But I believe that we can begin to tell ourselves that we have won the war on terror when we begin to see a decrease in the arguments that strip us of our rights as citizens. Short of this, it seems that we are in a war, and regardless of how many bad guys we kill, we add to the casualty list every time another protection we thought we had as citizens is stripped away from us. May it be God's will that the liberty we wish to see proclaimed throughout our land does not end up residing only on the bronze side of a broken bell here in the city of Philadelphia. Shalom. Thank you.